Skunk ape, and it completely altered the course of my life. I found a skull. I think you guys are going to want to come film this. Put him out, 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 put him out. I just see it, I just see it. Sighted of a UFO hovering over a barn. Millie woke up from a dream, and when I went into the bedroom, she said, There's a monster on the wall. They saw that the creature had run through a barbed wire fence, they were able to obtain hairs. They sent the hairs to their lab and it came back as an unknown creature. Hey guys, and welcome back to the most bizarre show on the internet. I'm Shane. And I'm Oren. And uh, before we get into our awesome guest today, uh, we got to run through the, the front of the house stuff. And uh, I know you guys don't want to hear all of this every single week, so I'm going to try to get faster and faster at it and eventually sound like an auctioneer doing it. But, you know, we'll get there eventually. So that being said, if you would like to review the show, if you'd like to drop a rating, we would definitely appreciate it. You can do that on iTunes, Spotify, all the main all the main platforms. Any of it's always appreciated. You can also share with a friend, even drop the name to anybody who's into these types of topics, and then they can look up the show. That's uh, one of the best ways to help the show grow, and we definitely appreciate it, guys. Uh, you can also come and pop onto our Telegram or our Discord or come and follow us on social media. Uh, I'm the most active on Instagram, so definitely if you guys are going to shoot me a message or come and hang out, uh, definitely go and do that on uh Instagram. And uh, don't be afraid to pop into the Discord or the Telegram and uh, have some awesome conversations with some awesome people because we are trying to build that one up. Um, If you'd like to get some additional stuff, anything Open Minds Media related, you guys can come and check out the Open Minds Media Patreon. Uh, We may eventually expand it past that. Maybe we'll make a specific Bizarre Encounters one. I don't know. We'll figure it out. So if you guys are into that, just let me know. And well, I guess we'll go from there with that one. Uh, If you guys would like to support the show by getting some of our awesome merch, uh, we do have an Open Minds Media merch store. There you can find the main logo design for Bizarre Encounters. You can also come and check out the uh, Bite Size Bizarre design. Um, and we'll always, of course, be expanding onto that. And uh, we do have some collabs with Crypto Theology, and hopefully we'll have some more coming in the future, along with uh, more giveaways, such as the first one that we did. But uh, maybe we'll add a little bit of extra in there. Maybe we'll throw in like a signed book or something. But uh, definitely go check out Crypto Theology. Always some awesome stuff going on over there. If you guys are into all of the crypt- cryptid t-shirts and different alien t-shirts, he does have a couple of those designs, and he's always expanding, of course, and uh, always making new parody stuff, such as his new Men in Black Hodag one. That one's pretty pretty sweet, so if you haven't checked that one out yet, definitely go check it out, because I will definitely be scooping myself one of those. And uh, anything that I've mentioned today, of course, all available under the link tree, so we try to make it quick and easy, so you guys don't have to uh, go and search the internet to find everything that I mentioned. So if you want to check that out, you can go and click it down below in the description bar, or if you want to search it yourself, it's uh, L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Bizarre Encounters. And that's spelled B-I-Z-A-R-R-E because I know that's spelled multiple ways. So we like to verify. But yeah, definitely go and check that stuff out. Okay, guys. So uh, we have a special episode tonight. We got a special guest. Uh, It's someone that's probably going to be joining us uh, regularly moving forward. And I hope uh, our listeners get to know her well. Um, I'd like to introduce my partner, my best friend, my research assistant, uh, my paranormal pal. 
Jenny. Um, she's a lifelong experiencer of poltergeist and shadow people activity and all sorts of other high strangeness. Uh, so I'll go into my background uh, more later, but um, me and Shane discussed all of that in episode 89 of his uh, Inquiries of Our Reality show. So everyone go please check out that episode if you haven't already. Uh, but long story short, you know, I've kind of always been interested in aliens and cryptids and all sort of weird stuff. Um, but a few years ago, I had what I would consider kind of a recovered memory about a strange experience I had as a child. And that really started me down the path of researching the paranormal seriously. And about that same time, Jenny was experiencing a lot of really strange and unsettling activity. And so kind of between my recovered memory and her experiences, it really put us down the path that we're on now. Uh, you know, we kind of started the framework UFO research center from there. And, um, recently she's been exploring kind of more witchcraft and light work and the more esoteric side of the paranormal. So everybody, please, uh, welcome my good friend, my partner, Jenny. Well, thank you guys so much for having me on. So I can tell my, tell my stories, tell my jokes. No, they're not jokes. They're not jokes. <laughs> Feel free to make jokes along the way though. It, it definitely lightens the mood and it's always fun. <laughs> No, so kind of uh, what we joke around with is, have you seen the uh, Family Guy episode where they have like the intervention uh, for Quagmire's sister or whatever, and Peter doesn't know what an intervention is, and they're trying to like explain it to him, and Peter's like, oh my God, that sounds like a great place for me to tell my jokes. So like, that's kind of our inside <laughs> jokes whenever we go on one of these things, like the traumatic experiences, like, oh, I'm going to go tell my jokes. So <laughs> if you hear us say, it's just a stupid inside joke, <laughs> I'll start adding sound effects as uh, as needed. I do have a couple preloaded up because unfortunately I wanted to go into the story somewhat somewhat blind as much as I could go in. So I wasn't able to load up any too crazy. But if I have any that fit, I will definitely be using it on there this one go. for the Throw sake of keeping the mood light. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, so I guess we can just go ahead and get started. Uh, Jenny, if you want to start with your story. Uh, like I said, she's had weird stuff happen all throughout her life from you know when she was an early what, like seven, eight years old? Yes, probably started, yeah, probably a little bit before that, but... And then the real good stuff is, what, like a few years ago? Yeah, up until, yeah, up until recently, like last but, year, yeah. So, so I figured we'd just let her start at the beginning and run through, if that's okay with you. Oh, of course. Say, because I want to get a full aspect of everything, because not only do I want to get the main encounters, but I want to get a full description of what kind of built up to it, of course, too, because... You know, sometimes people are antennas to things and you leave out little details of things that happen when you're younger and you don't realize till later that they end up linking into things that have happened to you later on. So Exactly, exactly. And you know, like I was telling you a little bit before the show, when I when I tell these stories, someone always adds something into it that I didn't some dots I did not connect before. So so all right. So let's start at the beginning. All right. So when um when I was about three years old, um, we bought, my, my parents bought a house and we moved into this house. This house always had dark energy. Like I cannot remember it ever being nice and light there. And thinking, thinking back on this a little bit and also talking about it more, there, there was a lot of chaos going on with, um, in our home with the people next door so it was just kind of dark. And then um, when I was little, um, my dad worked 
third shift. And so he was, he was gone a lot. My mom was alone a lot. And there was myself and a little brother and he was about two years old. And we had this, at the time I thought it was a ghost. I'm not sure what I think now. Um, and my little brother who was like two years old named him David. So we had, you know, this, this ghost take up residence in our, in our home. Um, he was, we all saw him. Uh, Side note was, was did your brother name him David or did he tell him that his name was David? I don't know. Cause he was so young, but he's the one who started saying it. He, he, he called him David. And um, so, yeah, we kind of, you know, when, we first started talking about this story. We just, you know, it was kind of always assumed that the little brother made up that his name was David. And, you know, as we started to think, well, maybe this wasn't a ghost. Maybe this was something else. Maybe whatever this was told him that his name was David. So it's funny. You mentioned that we've actually had that exact same conversation about this. So just a random, I mean, that's of course like a semi-common name, but for a three-year-old, they're not getting too familiarized with the world yet or really getting introduced to people. So if he didn't really like know anybody close to him named Dave, or if he wasn't really in any characters named Dave, it would make it even weirder that he pulled that name out of nowhere. Cause usually if a kid's yeah, going to name something, seems, it's something that they're familiar with, you know? Yeah. It seems very specific to me. Mm -hmm. Yes. But. And my mom's, I mean, I just now thought about this. My mom's maiden name was David. I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not, but that just now hit me. Yeah, how did we never think about that? Right? That gets into the ancestry spirits too. Mm, yes, that's good. That's good. Um, so David stayed with us. He was uh, he was uh, benevolent. He never bothered anyone. He kind of just, he was around. And, you know, after talking to some people, I had never heard of the flannel man. And this guy kind of fits that description. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm taking all these thoughts into consideration. So David was around for a while, but also um, my mom was alone a lot at, at night and she had these two small children. So insert a few years later, I don't know the timeline of when this actually happened, but my mom probably told me, much later in life. So I, I feel like I was probably six, seven. She said she had a centaur visit her and then in, in her bedroom. And so we just thought she was crazy. We, we just, we never thought anything about this. We're just like, okay, great. That's, that's, that's funny, mom. You're, you're crazy. Um, and then Shortly after that, my little brother was born. So we always just teased him and said, well, you're, you're half centaur. And, you know, I know there's something about centaurs, but I don't know it and I can't find it. And I keep trying to look it up. So I don't know. I feel like there's something, something about that. But I mean, mainly anyway. linking to like uh, like Nephilim breeding more often than not is what, what I hear when it comes to that kind of stuff, that it was like uh, the fallen angels mixing themselves with different animals. Okay. Which might also make sense with the whole David thing. What was David, you know? Yeah. The only thing that threw me off that the reason I didn't fully mention that was just the aspect of uh, like David being like one of the like good angels, you know, he wasn't like one of the fallen angels. So that was what kind of threw me off. But the, like the flannel man thing that you mentioned, um, I'm assuming that he was seen in like a red flannel shirt. Um, 
I don't remember, but I do remember he just looked like he was just very normal. He he had dark hair. Um, but yeah, like just jeans, regular shirt. I mean, I was so little. I don't want to tell a story that's false, but he was just a very normal, but he was, he was, he took on a human form. He wasn't like a, a, a shadow person or. Uh, and kind of spoiler alert. <laughs> Later in the story, she has a much more specific flannel man encounter. So we're kind of like going back and trying to piece all these pieces together. And now, we're like, well, maybe that's what that was back then, too. Who knows? So that's a little bit of what we're basing that off of is a part to the story we're going to get to later. So. Well, I'll make one more one more comment before I let you guys get back into the story, of course. Um so the David thing, of course, and it being just like a normal guy, um, if you're connecting this in anything like theoretically biblical, you know, just kind of brainstorming ideas at this point, um, the two different beings could have potentially been two different things. One of them could have potentially been some form of like a fallen angel and the other one could have been like David, but projecting himself in a form that wasn't going to scare the family because maybe there was something special about the family that was being protected. And also going into a different route of it, um, at least for from what I've heard, me talking to people personally, I've talked to now you guys with the flannel man encounter potentially. And, uh, one of my other listeners from, uh, increase of our reality. Um, he came on the show and was talking about his flannel man encounter and it happened when he was a young kid and essentially he was on a boy scout meet and he kind of got deterred off the path, just kind of looking around, hanging out and stuff. And a random guy in the middle of the woods where there was nobody in a red flannel shirt pretty much came out of nowhere and pointed him in the direction of where to go back to see everybody and find everybody and then disappeared. So I don't know, at least from the story that I've heard, it wasn't like a, like a, like a negative story. It was a positive story that he helped him out. So mm -hmm. just to expand on it, but yes, get back to the story. <laughs> That's absolutely it. Like it, it was, it, he was very uh, benevolent. He never, he just was kind of there. He didn't hurt anybody. You know, that house was, it had dark energy, but he wasn't part of that. So, so also during this time, my, my aunt had bought a, um, it was a plantation and we're talking about in Georgia. I don't know if anyone picked up on that. I, I grew up in Georgia, but um, the plantation, and I know this place was haunted. Like that's the first time I saw shadow people, but I didn't know what it was, but this was like the kind that, you'd see out of the corner of your eye. You wouldn't see like right in your face. So that place was haunted. There was one room where the temperature was different. Was um, it a, was it an active like plantation? Like where there was actually like slaves at this plantation or was it like actually had, was it a worker plantation? Um, I'm sure at one time it was very active because yes, yes, I, I would, I would agree. I've tried to look up details about this. Um, Cause someone, my aunt restored it and then she sold it at some point and someone else has restored it and it's not lived in anymore. It's more of like a place you go visit. Mm -hmm. So, but I was just curious how negative the background theoretically was, if it was like slave labor or if it was like paid labor, because of course the slave labor, there's going to be, no matter what way you look at it, I guarantee you there's going to be some, there's, there's a plethora of negative stories when it comes to that one. So <laughs> I, I always assume that that it was slave labor um, because when she bought it, they bought it for like $10,000 because it had been burned to the ground. Mm -hmm. Yet again, I don't know the background. 
but there were weird buildings on here. Like there was, you know, there was the school and the smokehouse and there were, there was this one brick building and I'm not sure what it was, but it literally looked like something had like clawed down the brick wall. So I, I don't know. I don't know, but that's my assumption about the plantation. So the plantation was weird. My aunt lived there. This is all in the time that there was this, high strangeness going on in my childhood home. So all that happened. Uh, tell them about the, the truck incident. Oh, at the plantation. I forgot about the truck. Okay. So also this is a huge piece of property. So my aunt had like this old, old beater truck and she, she'd let us come along while she would uh, go clean up the yard, pick up sticks, do whatever she was doing. And my, my little brother, who was very young, like two or three, was in the front, and I was in the truck bed. And she had gotten out to do something, and the truck just started going. It, it just it, it drove off. And, you know, she was able to run up, jump in, put the brakes on. And the story was always, well, John must have, you know, put the, put the truck in gear. And now I'm like how did a three-year-old hit a clutch and move the gear shift? This, that, that's know, how I was just about to ask is if it was an automatic or a manual. Cause if it's a manual, there's no way in hell. If it's an automatic, maybe, but <laughs> no, no. And an old truck too. You know, you've got to wrestle with the, uh, the clutches on those. I mean, that's not like a kid could even do that by mistake if they try, you know? So yeah, you got to put some legwork into that. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I think it, that kind of gets back to, you know, the phenomenon always messing with like cars and car batteries and things like that. So that another piece of the puzzle, we've kind of put the dots together as mm -hmm. we've gone along. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's really, it's fortunate that uh, first off, we didn't run over my aunt. Second off, my brother didn't get hurt. I was in the truck bed. I mean, it was, it was enough force that it knocked me down. So it wasn't like we just rolled, like the truck started, like it went. So all that kind of happened. That's the background on my childhood. So when we moved out of that house, my father quit working third shift. So he was home. Nothing weird really happened after that. Nothing, nothing. Um, I got married and moved to North Carolina. Nothing ever happened. Um, so in 20, 2012, I got divorced and I moved to um, a beach. It was a beach duplex. It, it was it was, it was ours when I was married and nothing weird had ever happened there. But when I moved there by myself, oddly, things started happening. And also, coincidentally, this is um, right across the water from uh, Camp Lejeune. The base that, the base that I lived right across, right across the from water. that we talked about in our other episode. And I'm sure we'll tell the story at some point on this episode or on this show. But... Uh, and also, you know, something I thought about in all this is that gets back to like John Keel ideas of, you know, lonely women in isolated situations and the phenomena kind of preying on them. So I was going to say negative emotions that. in general, too, that if, uh, you know, there's anything negative going on in a house, they look at that as an opportunity to slide themselves in 
So more often than not, it seems like when people go through anything negative in their life, be it a breakup, be it anything happening in their family, you know, they're going to pry on that negative energy and they're going to take advantage of it. And uh, just a side note, um, just a, if you want to, just for the people that haven't heard uh, that episode that we did, um, and I know, again, I know we're going to dig into it in the future, but if you just want to give them like a brief description of just like some of the weird stuff that kind of like went on around the space. Okay, so just, uh, you know, real quick Cliff Notes version. I grew up uh, across the river in eastern North Carolina from a large military institution or installation, rather. Um, all kinds of kind of high strangeness happened in this area, like just always felt weird, had weird vibes. Um, I had what I would consider a men in black encounter when I was a kid. Uh, I'll go into the story in depth later, but, um, you know, just weird government activity. There's always planes flying and flares shooting off and just a, a lot of weird things have happened when I was a kid growing up there. And, um, my parents passed away recently and my sister has spent more time there at the property and a lot of weird stuff has started happening to her there too. So just quick little cliff notes version. It's a weird place where I grew up. It's on the other side of this base is where a lot of Jenny's activity really started amping up. It seems like. Say so we got to leave them with a cliffhanger, get them excited for the topic. So they come back for that one in the future. <laughs> well, if I start the story, it's going to be 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So at this point, I feel like it's the, it's the proper point to um, insert the mirror. So my grandmother had a mirror. This is a very old mirror that was, I don't know the origin aside from it was my mother's her entire life. She had it as a child. When I was born, she put it in my bedroom. This mirror was with me for my entire life. Now this mirror was in the childhood home where strange stuff happened. Um, this mirror was also everyone where else. So I took the mirror with me to the beach house and Nothing super weird happened there. Well, actually, lots of weird stuff happened there. Okay, so when I moved there alone, um, dark energy, same thing. Um, kind of like just out of the corner of your eye, shadow people. That, but nothing like really amped up. Um, I had, I used to call it the ghost of Kurt Cobain, who moved in, took residence in, in, in my home with me. Justin from the cryptids of the corn, he said, I think that was a flannel man because he had, he had blonde hair. Now he had a blue shirt, but also we know how memory is, but this guy looked just like, he looked like Kurt Cobain. And I told him about this. I'm like, this is funny. This is, am I, am I losing, am I losing my shit? Like this is, <laughs> this is funny. So, well, I mean, two sides to it too. Like you get the flannel man phenomenon from like potential hunters. Cause you hear about the woodland woods encounters, mm -hmm. but it also there could be a second side to the flannel man thing being that, you know, back in the nineties, of course, when the grunge thing was going on, there was a huge, a uh, heroin epidemic, essentially. So there could be a whole other side of the flannel man thing that it could have been people who overdose and died and their spirits are restless. And they're also getting related as the same thing just because the fashion was similar with the hunters and 90s grunge. <laughs> I haven't heard that. That's good. I, I like that. That's good. So he was there. He, you know, yet again, 
didn't really do anything. You know, this, this place was, um, it, there was dark energy. I was isolated. There wasn't, I moved shortly after that. Um, I moved to Georgia for a few months because my father had cancer and I legit never went back to the beach. I moved to Raleigh after that. Now, this is where stuff started getting really, really messed up. So I moved, um, I moved into a new apartment in 2016. Um, this apartment had a man-made lake in the backyard of it, basically like it was a, it, it was a nature trail that went, ran around a lake, mm. but it was right in the back of my apartment. So, you know, Orrin has brought up the thought about, you know, digging and um, disrupting the earth. And it seems like in a lot of accounts I've read, like these entities, energies, whatever seem to not like man-made lakes for some reason. Um, there's a big, man-made lake in Georgia. It's called Lake Lanier. And there's like a long history of it being, you know, supposedly cursed. So it just seems like for some reason, I don't know if it's, you know, the whole disrupting the earth thing or what, but uh, I've come across several accounts of things not liking man-made lakes. Well, so. just another potential thing to add into that with the man-made lakes is that uh, when it comes to like, there's been so many people on the land through the centuries that there's layers and layers of it. So if you're digging a lake, you're going down pretty damn, pretty damn far. And when you do that, I, there's a good possibility that you might be disrupting some form of a grave. And if you're trying to get a job done, you're a construction guy, you hear a lot of these stories where they'll start digging up like native American burial grounds and they'll just kind of collect the bones off to the side. And rather than like leave them where they are, because again, they're trying to get the job done, they'll donate them to somewhere or they'll ask whoever they can link back to it to come and do something with the bones as you know part of like their ancestry or whatever but you know they're still disrupting the site and it happens and people don't really talk about it they kind of just push it off to the side so i mean for a lot of these man-made lakes that could potentially be the possibilities that they disrupted some type of grave site and just kind of push it off to the side rather than like leaving it for what it was and choosing to do a different area you know and then water's you know kind of a liminal thing anyway and then if you're dumping all this water on top of all of that i mean it seems like it's kind of a perfect storm for negative energy and weirdness, but I mean, even going into like nature spirits too. I mean, if you're essentially disrupting nature and what it's naturally supposed to do, you're, you're making your own land formations. You could be disrupting and pissing off some type of like nature entities or like spirit being it like, you know, yeah. something has to do with like elementals possibly too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that was there. And I don't know which order to tell this. All right. So when I moved in, I'll start with this. I still have this, this mirror and um, I'm like really weird about decorating. So there was this, you know, huge fuse box and I'm like, well, let's, let's, let's cover up the fuse box with the mirror. So now I've put this mirror that we don't really know anything's going on with, but I literally put it over a power source. So <laughs> That's what I, I was about to say. <laughs> I, I, I'm feeding this. I'm feeding this mirror that we have no idea what's going on with. So the position. I'm gonna try to paint a picture. The mirror's on a fuse box. The refrigerator's like on the other side of it. There's a corner. I can a corner near the ceiling. I can see this from my bed from my bedroom. So here is where 
like the the shadow started and these weren't these weren't out of the corner shadow people these were full on black dense i don't know like like cloud I what what people describe as shadow people and Orin even saw it at one point yeah so the, i only saw it one time um and I think I talked a little bit about this with Mike on last week's episode, but um, what happened the time I saw it, we were laying in bed one night and I was asleep. And for some reason I just sat, you know, straight upright. And like she said, how the apartment was situated from the bed, you could see into this back corner of the kitchen where, you know, this mirror was on top of the fuse box. And in that corner, was the traditional depiction of a shadow person. You know, the, the hulking, large, humanoid form with the head and the broad shoulders, the blacker-than-black shadow. It was there. And like I said, for some reason, from dead asleep, I just sat upright, and this thing was in the corner, and I was terrified. That's like the scaredest I've ever been my entire life was that. And like it didn't do anything. It was just there in the corner. So, you know, Jenny had been experiencing some weird stuff at that point. So she was a little more used to it than I was. So she kind of, you know, talked me off the ledge and calmed me down. And at some point, you know, I tried to fall back asleep. I don't know how long after this initial sighting it was, but her cell phone on the bedside table just randomly lights up for no reason. Like no calls, no texts came through. It just, the screen just lit up. And I lost my shit at that point. <laughs> so, um, but that's the one time I saw the entity. Uh, not that I didn't believe her before, but uh, I certainly did after that. So, I say I'll have to get into it on a future episode. I have a, a lifetime of shadow person experiences, but again, that may be a potential oh, I would future. Love to hear that. Yes, I, I I would love to hear all that. But uh, just basing off of just another theory potentially for this mirror, and hopefully it's not cutting too far into the future if you guys are already kind of digging into this, but if you potentially put it over a power source and things started happening, what if rather than it being like something attached to the mirror itself, it was some type of like doorway or portal. And when you did that, it amplified the energy and it was just able to make things pass through where maybe before it was kind of weak where maybe only like one thing could pass through at a time. And that's what was going on in the old house. And then another side adding into that is, uh, I don't know if you guys dig too much in Japanese folklore, but uh, with like the yokai, one of the versions of the yokai is that inanimate objects, um, if they're taken care of and they live to be 100 years old, that they become conscious after being 100 years old. And my question is, when it comes to uh, like inanimate objects theoretically being conscious, especially if it's a mirror and it's some kind of portal, if it becomes conscious, is it able to consciously like let things through as it wants to be able to do that? See, I, 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 and I would think this, this mirror was very old. I don't know if it was a hundred years old, but it was, it was pretty old being that was my grandmother's and then it was my mom's. But after this, you know, it, stuff starts amping up and there's something I should have said about the apartment earlier, but I'm just not right sure where to insert this part because I didn't. I didn't know this till after this stuff escalated so hard that I started researching the apartment complex. 
So this apartment complex is around Lakeland. And if you want to Google Lakeland murder, it's easy. This uh, girl was uh, viciously, brutally raped and murdered in this complex in 2000. 2000 it's like 2002, 2003. 2002, yeah. And, it's, and there's like Discovery Plus yeah, documentary. Several, oh, like you can go on Discovery Plus and find like three episodes of programs about this murder. So it, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, and it's uh, like pretty notorious in this area too. Yeah. So she she lived in my complex, which it was a very small complex. There weren't all that many apartments, but someone pointed out to me that apartments they connect. So it's almost like a big house anyway. So, and then the murderer, the guy who murdered her, lived across the lake on another at another complex across from the lake. I don't know that that matters, but um, so there was somebody murdered here in 2002. So we're fast forward. We're into, I don't know, this went on for six years and it bothers me that I don't really know like when each thing happened. And it's pretty much because until I told him about it, I wouldn't think anyone would believe me about it. So we've got this, we've got this mirror, we've got these shadow people. All right. So at some point we started having some um, trickster stuff going on. Um, just like stuff getting moved around. We didn't live together. So I would text him and say, Hey, did you rearrange the, the, the dishes or the spices or or put this someplace. And he's like, no, I didn't do that. And I was like, well, okay, I forget sometimes. So, but then like weird things like finding the brush in the refrigerator, or, you know, just things that wouldn't yeah, like typical wouldn't happen. trickster poltergeist type activity, you know, like, Unless you got a lonely stoner in the house, stuff like that ain't happening. <laughs> exactly. You know, like, um, I think it's in Hunt for the Skinwalker where they talk about like the salt being in the pepper shaker and the pepper being in the salt shaker. Like just stuff like that. Like little things that weren't really that big of a deal, just kind of odd. So, I mean, that's yeah. also in a way kind of like you could potentially see that as like harvesting energy though because when people see things like that and they can't explain it, it brings up like a different fear state than, you know, just seeing something straight in front of you. It brings in this like ominous fear state of like what happened. So, I mean, it could be another way of like harvesting energy from people out of like this kind of in between weird fears, fear state, you know? Well, yes. And as well as me feeding the mirror, all this stuff was making me more and more scared. So there was also what I would consider poltergeist activity, I would, and uh, if I can interject yeah, real ahead. quick, uh, your episode that you did with JJ Rose, where she's going like through the steps of okay, this stuff starts with this kind of entity, and then the energy builds, and it goes to this other thing. Like that's basically point for point verbatim what happened in this situation. Yeah, I told him I was like, "You've got to go listen <laughs> to this. This is just incredible." So we th there were some things like. Um, like I would hear beeps. Like I thought it sounded like Morse code. I don't, I don't know. And I wish I had recorded it. I wish I had paid attention. I wasn't anywhere into this stuff that I'm into now, but I would hear it and I would just wake up and hear this stuff. And I'm like, is something trying to, 
talk to me and I would call him like he got woke up so many times in the middle of the night. There's weird shit going on here yet again. Just a just a side note, because I'm sure some of the listeners are probably curious. It was a continuous beep, right? Not like a like a fire alarm, like single beep. No, it was like beep, beep, beep. Beep, 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 beep. You know, like it was, it was, and it was so loud and I was awake. This was not dreaming or sleep paralysis or anything because I had my share of really, really bad dreams as well. But I know when I'm awake and I know when I'm not. So, you know, that was going on. And then at some point, um, I started to, I started to be visited by, uh, because I don't, don't know what to call it. Um, I'm going to call it, um, an incubus because just, yeah, the full nature of what it does, that's what was happening. So just to break it down for anybody that may not be familiar with this term, if anybody knows what a succubus is, an incubus is essentially the male counterpart of that, which is a whatever you want to call it, dark spirit, demon, like many different names for it. That's based around like harvesting somebody's energy through like sexual means. So just for anybody who isn't familiar with that term, I just wanted to throw that in there real quick. <laughs> it's not, a, was, it's not just a band. <laughs> yeah. A pretty good band too. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so that started happening and I've listened to every podcast I can listen to about this to hear other people's experiences. And mine was not sleep paralysis. I could move. I was awake. I knew what was going on. This thing would come and I'm asleep on my stomach. So it would just bear its weight on me. Like it, it was so heavy and I could feel it. I could feel it breathing on me. I could feel it. And I don't know. The room might've been cold. It might've been, I don't know, but I could feel it breathing on me and it would speak to me, but it wouldn't speak to me. It would, I could hear it, but it wasn't speaking. And so just a um, little side note. Um, sure. Was it a male, like a, like a male, assumably? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Cause I, I want to throw out the, the old hag that. theory. Cause it sounded very like old haggy, but like, yeah, yeah, and I've looked into that too, but doesn't that mostly it gets on it just sits on your chest, right? Yeah. It's kind of like um this like the old old sleep paralysis kind of concept that it's like a demon or like a dark entity sitting on your chest. Um some of the phenomenon comes in with like the old wit the like old witch looking being, which is like the old hag. But mm -hmm. um, you know, potentially there could be a male counterpart to that too, and maybe this is like some of the first experiences that people are talking about with like a male counterpart to the old hag. And everyone asked me, did I see it? And I'm like, I, I didn't see this. Like, I didn't see it. It was there. It was heavy. It was breathing on me. It was talking to me. Like, we were having full conversations. And everything I know now is that it, it feeds off your fear. And boy, was I feeding it. Because I was, I was making deals with God. I was making deals with this thing. And... I'm not particularly religious at this point, because just because I was raised very much in organized religion and I've got some trauma from that, <laughs> but I'm very spiritual. So I was like, okay, let's reach for Bible verses. And I was like, okay, we're two or more gathered in your name. And it said, there's not two of you here. And I was like, okay, well that didn't work. And then I tried to rebuke it. It, it didn't, it, it didn't work. And, 
other accounts I've listened to that always worked. It didn't but work with me. Something I've thought about recently with that, you know, people talk a lot about intentions and you have to believe, believe it. Exactly. The belief in the intention is more important than the actual thing. And if you didn't really believe it, which you didn't, yeah, it would have probably not worked. You yeah, it's know? calling your bluff yeah. on it. Like, ha yeah. you're funny. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't even yeah, believe in this. You're doing what you think you're supposed to be doing, but yeah. Exactly. And I would I would bargain with it. I was like, this is the first time I'm ever going to say this out loud because I haven't said it because it's such a it's such a personal weird story. But I would tell it. I was like, you can do what you want. Just please quit scaring me. And it wouldn't quit scaring me. And this happened a lot. Like it. It happened a lot. Like. You got so many phone calls in the middle of the night. Yeah, that just and shows that it's beyond um, like something physical. Like it's it's definitely exactly. going for some type yeah. of energy or something. Like because if you're bargaining with it and trying to give it anything physical and it's not interested, that's just again pushing into the fact and, that it's it's something know, beyond that. Kind of piggybacking off of that, um, when we've been like telling this story on other podcasts and whatnot, it seems like people tend to like latch on the more like sexual aspect of this, like uh, almost like it's like a, a rape almost. And just with us like talking through it, that's not exactly what's going on here. It's more like an alien abduction type situation than like a sexual, there's obviously a sexual component to it, but it, it's more like a lot of the alien abduction lore is what it seems like to me. Like uh, these things you know, speaking to you telepathically, they're, they're talking to you in your head, but they're not saying these words and they're there for a specific purpose. And once that purpose is done, they're done with you. So, um, you know, that's just something else that we've kind of unpacked as we've been talking about this to people as, is as a possibility. I, I'm interested to hear if anyone else has experienced that and what, what they think about that. Say so just to throw in something too. Um, I mentioned it last week, I believe when we were talking about the old hag concept about what if old hags are potentially like the, the like spirit or whatever you want to call it, the consciousness of somebody that was like a witch in their lifetime. So assumably if that is potentially true, there would also be the warlock counterpart of it too, because I don't know, I wasn't like really getting like a sexual vibe other than the holding you down part, but I more so relate that with the old hag thing, but it's like a male version of it again, where, you know, maybe if again, people don't see it, they don't pick up on the energy correctly. They're not like aware when they first have these experiences, maybe they assume it to be an old hag, but maybe there's more to this phenomenon than what we think. And there's like a male and a female counterpart to the old hag. Perhaps, but this one was definitely here for, for sex. Like that was definitely a component of it in my experience. I'll go straight back to Incubus on that one then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I keep landing on that. So yeah, that makes sense. But what it was doing to my head was way worse than anything else. Just being that scared. And so this this went on. I I, I lived there for six years. I don't. I wish I had been more cognizant of what was going on at some point, you know, I mean, this is way earlier, but when I told him about it and he believed me, I was like, Oh wow. I, I, I just thought I was crazy. You know, I just, I thought I was crazy and not saying that I'm not, not, but I'm not that crazy. Crazy anyway. in a good way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I guess like anybody else in this community, we're all crazy in a good way. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so it kind of, um, 
And I, this just hit me too. We had already signed a lease and decided I was moving. Well, and interestingly went, enough, if you go back and kind of think through everything, it seemed like stuff kind of calmed down. And then once we really started down our paranormal journey for lack of a better term and like kind of became more aware, it seemed like the activity really amped up at that point. It was like, it knew we knew like when she just thought these were demons or she was crazy or whatever, it was one thing, but then it, it was almost like this entity energy, whatever you want to call it knew that we were aware of something bigger or stranger going on at that point. Yeah. That, that goes into the manifesting thing too. Cause it's again, like you guys are saying, if you believe in something, you're giving it power. So that being said, if you believe in a spirit, you believe in an entity, you're also giving it power just by believing in it. Yes. Yes. So I decided I was moving out basically because Raleigh's very expensive. And <laughs> so um, I decided I was going to move, but I was moving in the end of July. And the last thing that happened to me in that apartment was on um, the night of the summer solstice. And yet again, I didn't know this like at the time I knew what summer solstice was, but I didn't know. I feel like that might be a thin veil area. I'm not sure, but I feel like all the solstices have something, but it came at me so brutally and so scary. It was just, it was hands down the worst experience of my life, but that was done. Um, when I moved, I got rid of the mirror. I moved over here and nothing's happened since then. Zero, nothing. I'm still going back to that mirror being a portal of some sort, like rather mm -hmm. than it being like that there's something directly attached to it. Yeah. I I'm with you on that. And you know, a thought I've thrown out there is this was kind of just like a perfect storm for things like this to happen. There's the man-made lake. There was uh, the murder, you know, on top of this, probably being somewhere where the veil had been thinned, there was a whole lot of negative energy poured into it. And yeah, I think, uh, you know, and my dad had just yeah, passed away yeah, from she, cancer. She had a lot of personal negative energy going on too. And so I think it was just a perfect storm for things like this to happen. And I tend to agree with you. I think, I think the entities, the energies, what have you, used the mirror as a portal for lack of a better term. And uh, Justin from Cryptids of the Corn was like talking about, what do you call them? Anchor objects? and Anchor objects, yeah. And I guess he's got like a kind of men in black story. And he said like, I'm sure you've heard this story from him before, but he had like some old knife or dagger or something like that, that he thought was like a anchor. Oh, object. that's his shadow person story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. shadow person. With the house where they're like doing weird shit and yeah, they saw that snake yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay, so something else that has been brought up to me is um, the the theory that flannel men and abductions, uh, that flannel men precede abductions, and not saying that I was abducted or my mom was abducted, but also we had David in our childhood home, and then she talks about the centaur coming and bedding with her, and then... I had my, what I think is a flannel man. And then this whole, 
incubus thing. So I, I don't, I don't know. I think it's interesting to think about, but I don't know enough about it to actually expand. And it seems like it's been really hard for us to find any solid information about flannel man. Yeah. It seems like this is a relatively new archetype or entity and the information is kind of all over the place. There's like, maybe it's, you know, this is a new mask that the phenomenon is wearing and we just don't have enough reports or information to have a real solid base yet. Because I know in my research, it's kind of all over the place and it's, it's hard to nail down anything solid or at least in my experience. I mean, that could be potentially the idea behind it though, is that if you have like a flannel man, it's such like an un, like, it's not like a scary concept, you know, and it's very like normal, like average is something that you would just kind of see. So if there is something that's potentially trying to hide itself behind the image of something else, um, assumably the best thing to hide yourself behind would be the most, you know, nonchalant thing you could possibly think of. And, you know, when people see like a, a guy in like a flannel shirt, it's not a very intimidating thing. Typically, you yeah. know, like you associate it with like a father like figure or something. I don't know. I, I associate it's it personally. Very with, like, unassuming, you know, like that's not going to like a protective I mean, figure, or like a father up. figure, you know, that's kind of yeah, what I associate I mean, it with. Anything that shows up in your house and is hanging out in your doorways is going to kind of scare you, but it's not like a, a quote unquote demon is in your house, you know, so. But I mean, that might take a little, like, of course, no matter what, if there's something you wake up and it's staring at you in your doorway, it's going to freak you out no matter what. But if you just see a dark mass exactly. sitting there versus like a guy in a flannel shirt watching you over sleeping, like, yes, it's creepy. Don't get me wrong. But in the back of your mind, you can still associate it again with like that uh, like fatherly figure looking over exactly. you or like a protective figure. So maybe it's just intended to be something that potentially takes off that edge where subconsciously you're associating it with something like fatherly or like protective. And not to put words in your mouth, but it, it kind of, Jenny, from what I've heard you say, it seems like like this had a human form. It looked like oh. a person, but you knew it wasn't like an actual physical person. So I, I think that's a really interesting aspect to it. Like it, it wasn't a ghost, but like it was clear that it wasn't a human being as well. Well, that... From your That's guys' research, have you associated um, like flannel men at all with like shadow people in particular? Um, I haven't found the closest thing I found is like I'm sure you've heard about the Hat Man and. Um, that's the closest thing I've been able to connect between those two. But like you know, like I said, it's hard to find any solid information, and it seems like these flannel men sightings from what I've researched and granted that's not very much, but it seems like they're very isolated incidents. Like it, it seems like a lot of people that these things happen to are not people who dabble in the paranormal. Like th this isn't like I saw a UFO and now I'm going to be a UFO investigator. Like these flannel men sightings seem like there's something kind of different from a lot of these other archetypes or entities. It almost like, I don't know, in the back of my mind, I keep thinking that it almost has like a, like I'm not saying directly, but just because of the ominous part of it, like a men in black type of like vibe to it. Cause it's kind of like they show up, they seem like they're more like physical, but off and then they just disappear. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe it's different forms of things being able to man itself, manifest itself in different ways and shapes. Um, like the only reason I was asking about shadow people is because it seems like the shadow people phenomenon started off very kind of like generic, like 
body shapes and then it kind of started building up to like the hat men and like the crawlers and all the different types of beings so it almost seems like whatever those things are they're potentially figuring out new ways to be able to manifest themselves and they're potentially getting better at it you know so assumably like they start off with like the basic shape because assumably they don't have a human shape at all but they're trying to come up with something that you're going to be familiar with so they come up with like the basic human shape and then as they get better now they're starting to add like accessories and features and then maybe like the next step would be that the shadow people phenomenon will start having like slowly like more defined features as they figure out how to manifest themselves more into this reality yeah i think that's really interesting and you know, obviously I need to dive deeper into this, but it does seem to me like there's some sort of connection between the hat man, obviously shadow people and the men in black, like what that connection is. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't even have a theory at this point, but it does seem like there is some sort of connection and something we were talking about the other day. I can't remember where I heard it, but um, I've heard it a couple times now and just the last time I heard it, it clicked for some reason. Somebody was talking about a hat man experience and they said, you know, it was a silhouette, the hat, you know, the, the typical description. But they specifically mentioned like a, a wide grinning smile. And I had heard that a couple times in these hat man descriptions. And then for some reason, you know, light bulb went off. I was like, man, that sounds like injured cold to me. You know, the grinning man. And that gets back to men in black and, you know, God knows what else at that point. But no, I, I, we, whatever, think that there's definitely some sort of connection between all this, but it's so hard to find accounts that it's hard to kind of piece everything together. And, you know, something else we had kind of talked about, we're under the impression or the theory, at least at this point, that the shadow being that I saw in the kitchen that she witnessed is not the same thing as the incubus entity, for lack of a better term. We think those were two separate things. Absolutely. It was definitely different. Definitely. I mean, assumably, it's probably some type of like a buildup, you know, where the original one was there to kind of get a feel for everything, kind of like you guys were referencing with that other episode. Um, And then it built up to another bigger being or... Just going on to the flip side, I know you guys were there. You guys kind of felt the energy of it to know that it was, you know, two different things. But what if like one was like the early stages and then as things happened, it collected more energy and it was able to like manifest itself more? I think that is 100% what happened. I think the more I fed what was there earlier, the more stuff came in. It's like, oh, we can just feed off her for days. She is just... uh, uh, a source for us. So yes, I do think that I think it build it build itself up and, you know, kind of throwing myself under the bus a little bit here, but um, a lot of during this time period, we were having some problems, you know, interpersonally, I, I wasn't on my best behavior. We'll just say, so there was a lot of negative energy that was going on in this house as well. So, I mean, it had a lot to feed off of say without getting like too personal or anything like that too but uh usually like when there's spats between like relationships and things like that that is also one of the like signs of things that'll happen before people will have like poltergeist activity or like whatever weird paranormal activity in their house that's that is one of like the key things i didn't know that but you know what that's also piggybacking off that that's interesting because my parents were so tumultuous they were always fighting in that that house and that quit in the next house. So. 
See, I feel like that gives almost like a little extra boost because not only are you harvesting negative energy, but it's coming from like a different place where you're fighting with somebody that you love and care about. So that's one aspect of it. There is the initial anger in the house to begin with. And then there's also the sadness involved. So realistically, if you think of like any type of sadness or arguing within a house, I feel like that's the one that potentially touches the most different negative emotions all at once. Like it may not be the strongest as much as like somebody passing away where your emotions fully in the sad realm, but it touches base on a little bit of like all of your main negative emotions. That makes sense. And and that that's hundred percent true. There was uh, so many things going on in the house. So, all right. So I think this has been a really fun, informative episode. I'm glad uh, all of our listeners got to meet Jenny. Uh, she's probably, like I said, going to be joining us from time to time, uh, depending on if she's interested in chatting with you guys. But uh, I want to thank Shane again for having me on, having us on, giving us this opportunity. Uh, so Jenny, why don't you tell all the fine folks out there where they can find you? Okay. So I'm Jenny and I'm on Instagram at 100% that witch. There's some underscores in there. I'm pretty sure they're after a percent because clearly I'm not that creative, but if you just put that in, you will find me. I've got pink hair. That's me. <laughs> and you can find her through my page, which is the framework, uh, UFO. So um, that's probably the best way to find her if you can't find it, just searching for it. And we'll also add it into the show description too. So anybody that wants to come and uh, come and find you, all you got to do is go down to the uh, show description and then there should be a quick and easy link for you. Perfect. And on that note, uh, if any of you listeners out there want to share any strange stories or experiences you guys have had, you can reach out to us uh, through email. And that is bizarreencounters uh, at outlook.com. You can reach out to us on Instagram. Um, if you want to send us a email, we'll read it on the air. If you want to send us a voice memo, whatever you guys want to do, we'd be happy to uh, hear your stories and read them on the air. And uh, look forward to hearing all y'all's weirdness out there. And uh, expanding onto that too, um, we hopefully at some point, I'm going to try to figure out a way of doing it, but maybe if, even if I just get like a little burner phone or maybe I download an app that I can get like a special specific phone number, um, at some point I'm going to try to set up some type of like call in line for people. So if you guys want to call in, make it a little bit easier for you guys, uh, we definitely want to take in these stories. Um, also the reason for us wanting to take in these stories so bad is uh, now that the show's kind of changed a little bit here, um, it was you know, Ghost was more of like uh, the interview guy and I was kind of the research guy. And now that we have two research guys, uh, that being said, we also want to start creating our own database of encounters and information so that we can start compiling things and we can start drawing more connections. So not only are you guys going to be, if you guys do that, be sharing your stories um, and getting your stories out there, but uh, you'll also be helping us to build up our database of experiences. And then we can, again, expand on ideas and hopefully bring in even more information onto all of these weird experiences people are having. And we can start connecting dots between all of your guys' personal stories. And that also being said, if you have a story that you would like to share with us for that database, but you do not want it to be on the show, uh, you don't want us to read it, you don't want to be a guest, that's completely fine too. Because uh, again, we're, we're also trying to do this to help everybody out so that we can start connecting some more dots. So don't be afraid to send our story. But if you do not want your story to be anywhere on the air posted, no matter what, uh, let us know right in the top, just right at the top, just put uh, 
do not share the story. And then we'll just keep it for our personal selves. And if we ever do make reference to it, we'll leave it extremely vague. We won't drop your name or anything like that. We'll just kind of connect dots for further episodes. But again, we won't release your story if that's not what you want. Um, that also being said, if there is anybody that would like to be a guest on the show that is a researcher, um, paranormal investigator, uh, cryptid hunter, any of that fun stuff, um, not just experiencers, we'd like to also get the other side of things on the show. We would love to hear from you. Um, if anybody would like to sponsor the show, um, you can also shoot us a message. If there's a topic that you would like us to dive into on the show or a guest that you would like to see on the show, uh, also let us know there. Um, or just in general, if there's anything that you feel you can contribute to the show, if you're an artist, you want to do a little bit of artwork for us, um, you know, you just have some cool opinions that you, you want to drop on any kind of a topic, anything like that, feel free to shoot us a message. Uh, like Oren said, uh, you can also, you can email us at uh, bizarre encounters at outlook.com. Uh, you can shoot me a message on Instagram through the bizarre encounters page, or you can go to our link tree and up at the top, there is a submission form and that'll go directly to our email. And uh, then we can email you back. But if you do it through that method, uh, for whatever reason, sometimes our stuff goes to the spam and the junk. So keep an eye out for a reply from us if you do send us a message that way, because guaranteed you will get a reply back. So just keep an eye out for it. And uh, with that said, I hope all of you guys enjoyed the show. And don't forget to keep it bizarre. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>